Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet, a mattress that is designed to fit everybody and everybody. Snooze Mattress is introducing the world's first four-in-one mattress where you can choose from soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with our reversible and washable temperature regulated cover. What you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. You buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter, heavier, and older. Customize your comfort, zip it, flip it, and choose your snooze. Did you know a study at UC Berkeley suggests that couples who struggle to sleep well fight more often? We spend half of our lives asleep, and for some of us, we spend 100% of that time sleeping alongside our significant other. The snooze flip split king it would allow couples to customize their sleep for more restful nights and without sleeping in different rooms. Don't sacrifice your sleep for your partner. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get a Amazing odds boost. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. And, ladies and gentlemen, he is back for good. Jesse Montano, back in the fold. Jesse, good back to have you it. back. Dude, I, uh, I'm i so excited. We This is this has been, like, officially official for a few weeks now. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's been uh, in, in good conversations now for almost two full months. So this has been a really tough thing to sit on, yeah. Uh, especially a few nights ago when come back e- on the show. Yeah, every, everything <laughs> yeah. was like done. Everything was signed and all good, and I was on the show and couldn't say anything. Uh, so we have a special guest. <laughs> it was it was just fun for tonight. Like, we we built it all up as like yeah. Oh hey, like. Evans Evans out of town, and we just needed Jesse to slot on in and fill in for the game, and this is just gonna work out just great, yeah, just just the way that we planned. And then, <laughs> Sasha is asking. No, nobody got replaced. Yep. No. Blaze will yeah. still be here okay, for post games. Not, but can we? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, now I feel weird. <laughs> uh, no, but like that 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 that's actually a. A great question because that's kind of the point to all of this is there's already so much good that's been going on here and I'm just so excited to be back in the fold full time and being able to always be adding to this and what we're doing and um, you know the the four or five of us have already gotten together a couple times and yeah. just some of the small little ideas that we've like already put down to paper like cool this is one that we're doing I'm like I'm so excited and I hope everyone who's listening, who's watching is, is equally as excited because we've got a lot of the tools, a lot of the resources to do the stuff that we've talked about doing for literally seven years. Like, Oh, it'd be so cool to do something like that one day. And we're going to do it this year. Like all that stuff is, is we're going to have the opportunity to do. And I'm, I'm, it's uh, been some of the stuff that we've talked about doing. We've talked about since we were at the media school. Yeah. 
like we used to drive all the way out there <laughs> to record in that studio and like that was a I don't know that was just a wild time that was a yeah it was a it was a long time ago man uh, and to think about how far how many episodes of the pod we've done and yeah uh, to see how it all works now and see it all kind of come back together and sort of the way that it happened yeah uh, was was pretty funny just because we were both in Phoenix for the rookie showcase <laughs> yeah. and it just goes to show you that like the Ooh. the universe Is that Jordan Bennington driving by yeah. <laughs> tough guy the 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 universe just sort of has its own sense of humor yeah. about things you know Seriously. because uh we you and I hadn't talked all summer <laughs> you know I'd been I'd been kind of looking for somebody to come on board and and we were looking we were looking to add a person or two to the beat because we just wanted a little bit yeah. more coverage you know we were all sort of stretched thin in the roles that we were currently doing and it was kind of tough and uh then we were both in phoenix and like you needed a ride to the airport yeah. <laughs> you were just gonna like uber and i was like i'll just take yeah, you to I'll the airport you, yeah. and then we spent the third period of that wild ass abs sharks game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah it was, it was like sharks, yeah. yeah just like sitting there talking about like dnvr and right. like what you were up to and you were like oh well i'm thinking about getting back into it and yeah I give you to the ride. I ride to the airport, and it was just like, it was just it was everything just huh. made sense. So, uh, giving a, a little insight into what for me what led up to that conversation and that that whole thing. Because yeah, to your point, like outside of a small couple, like you know, send you a tweet here, they're like, oh, did you see this? Ha ha ha. Oh, yeah. this maybe you know whatever. But, you know, really, we hadn't talked much all summer, and. Um, I had actually been having a conversation with a buddy of mine um, who I was doing just kind of a, a, a small little show with where I was like, I really want to get back into this just with where I'm at in my career, the things that I've, I've gone and learned and, and, and done, like I'm ready to, to start making that move back. Um, and yeah, honestly going to the rookie showcase was one of those things for me. Like, all right, well this will be a good way to like, I'll be there, be around, you know, stuff that's not just normal games that you well, watch on it was, TV. It was funny because, and I, I feel comfortable like talking yeah, about this. Yeah. Um, cause I don't think it's like, like state secrets or anything, but, uh, Dater. Yeah. Had asked you to help his, yeah. his side out. Cause he couldn't be in Phoenix. Right. Uh, and you were going to be there. And so like, uh, you were just like, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm in Phoenix. Like, let's get a beer or whatever. Yeah. Like, let's just make sure that we connect while we're both down while here. We're down here. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I'll try and get you like credential. You know, yeah. I'll call, I'll call PR helps. Yeah. And see if I can get you a credential with the, you know, for the, for the showcase, just to, just to help you out. Cause you yeah. were trying to, you were trying to help out data. Yeah. And you know, it was just funny how all the pieces, everything. And, and that's like honestly fell together how all of this has been seriously. So that was what back in September, yeah. right? Was, was, and, and yeah. every step along the way, it's exactly what you just said where it's been like, okay, well, yeah, that sounds cool, but let's see if we can get here and yeah. stuff just like falls in line perfectly to get there. And, um, yeah, I, I, all, I mean, literally down to your Airbnb being near the airport so that you could give me a was, ride. It was literally on the way. <laughs> uh, so I had, we actually drove by the Airbnb yeah. that we were staying at in Phoenix uh, to get to the airport. And it was only five minutes for me back. Cause I was staying with was a buddy. I was out there staying with a buddy. He'd been driving me around convenient at every turn, but it, it was a Monday and he had to go to work. Yeah. So he couldn't drive into the airport. 
So AJ had to take me to the airport. And, yeah, well, and, and you had like your bag with you right, at the, at the, game, at the game. And game. I was like, why do you have all your stuff? And you're like, oh, well, I'm flying out of here. Yeah. And, and then so AJ and I have this conversation. And um, I get back and actually Hannah, my girlfriend, uh, had she had the vid. She came down with COVID while I was gone, while I was out of town. And so I couldn't go home. I had to go stay in. Hannah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to go stay in hotels for a couple nights until uh, my negative test came back before I could like go stay at my parents' house. And I'm sitting in this hotel one night, and I'd been talking to Hannah on the phone, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I just where I'm at with my job. I, I think I'm just like ready to move on." Um, yeah, are people saying stuff about Hannah? Not Hannah. Just, uh, just starting. <laughs> the, there are a couple people in chat that that want like a summation of you because we do have a few new fans. Yeah, since, yeah. Lot, since so, you were a part of BSN. At well, the so time. so I, you know, I was sitting there telling Hannah, I was like, I'm just, I think I'm ready to move on. Like, I'm ready to start doing stuff that I care about, that I'm passionate about, that I'm not being told when I go to work. Hey, you should care about this, and this is why you should care about it. And we get off the phone, and I'm just sitting there, and I, I'm not even joking, dude. It wasn't 90 seconds after I hung up that phone call, Andre texts me. Hey, man, I talked to AJ. Heard you guys connected in Arizona. I can't stop thinking about this. When can we meet up? And it just, like you said, the universe is just funny, man. Yeah. Like, it's got, it, it's, it's, funny got its own plans. There are some days where it's absolutely out to get you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, like, you start that day off, like, you, like you, you stub your little toe on the door. Yep. Like, you get shampoo in your eye in the shower. Like, your car doesn't start the first time, and it's got, like, a warning light on it. And, like... <laughs> There are days, man, where things are just out to get you. Yeah. Uh, and but this this whole situation, the way it all kind of came together, and the reason why it's a big deal is, I mean, we yeah. just don't we hire don't people. have we don't we don't hire a lot of people. Yeah. You know, we don't. Our company turnover is really, really, really low, which is why we're dedicating an entire segment on the pod on a Monday in a week where the abs <laughs> don't even play again until Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of all it all like even in that right. way, this right. was fortuitous because it was just like if the abs were playing tonight, you know, we it would just be like full steam ahead. Yeah. We've got yeah. other things going yeah. on. All right, Jesse's back. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead it's like it was like Jesse, Jesse comes back. Uh, and not to get lost in this, uh, she's not here, but right. we also did hire um, uh, Megan to to help us with Eagles and Abs this year. Yep. Uh, you guys remember her from a pod a couple weeks ago. She a hopped on a pod with probably us. About yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, she will be on future pods with us. Now everyone's just going to be... think anytime we have a guest that that's yeah. just the Are next hire. Coming, coming two weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime there's yeah. someone, a new face on the show. So keep an eye out for the Adam Foot announcement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring That'd on be a big hire. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah. bring on we're gonna we're gonna put Lauren on uh, on retainer as our as our tarot card expert. Oh yeah, there Jeez. we go. Um, but no, so so it really is. It's just really exciting. Everything's fallen into place in, in a way that honestly, if you ask me to like draw it up, <laughs> yeah, what is, able to do it? What is the opposite of a plumber? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> P.S. With Halloween going on, I tried I tried to envision a Sergio <laughs> costume. <laughs> Well, so wait, so would the opposite of plumbing be like someone who comes in, like messes up your pipes? Yeah, so like an actual profession, okay? Not because not we've a been clogger. Like, yeah, we've been like, what's the opposite of a plumber? People are like clogger. And it's like, all right, we don't get paid for that, all yeah, right? Yeah. That's just called Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, like, God. it's, you, you know, yeah, so I, like, I what, is the, what is the opposite of a plumber? Because it is an ongoing thing that we have, we have. 
in terms of like an actual profession, is there yeah. a right answer to this? No. Definitely this is our not. frustration is that we have yet to come <laughs> well, up with but one. What would you need? What would you need the opposite of a plumber for? So <laughs> here we go. I can't, I can't believe we have to buckle that. up. <laughs> way to way to tell everybody that you don't listen to the show. Well, uh, no, so, but like, no, it's it's the opposite. So we came up with a third Mario brother, <laughs> who's who's the black sheep of the family. We named him Sergio, and. Obviously, as the black sheep, he's the opposite of a plumber since the Mario brothers are plumbers. Also, we learned that Mario's last name is Mario. His name is Mario Mario. Oh, I figured he was like a one. I figured he was like Mm-mm. like Beyonce. Or, so it's, she's got a last it's, name. it's actually Mario Mario. So it's his name is Sergio Mario. And we've been trying to come up with what he does for a living at this point. What what is what, like, we've what, got, what does Wario do for a living? We've got Wario is just evil and not fun. <laughs> he's not the black sheep. He's just <laughs> the opposite. He's it's the clogger. The cl- yeah 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 yeah. Uh, I have no idea what the opposite of a plumber would be. Yeah. Like, I can't even. So what we have so far is a guy that operates a dam, and we have <laughs> decided to call him a damologist. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say like I guess electrician would be the only thing that I could think of that would like fall into like some type of. Occupation that's not dealing with plumbing. Definitely would not deal with the plumbing. <laughs> I don't know if it's the opposite of plumbing. Uh, well, so. I don't think so. They work together. I right? mean, like, like I, what, what I would maybe think is like someone who like goes in and like at night and steals plumbing out of like a new construction site, like plumbing and copper piping. <laughs> yeah, you, well. But like very niche, like they know what they're looking for. <laughs> like plumber bl- thief, like black market reselling so it to that's local. That's probably plumbers. what Wario does. He's yeah. the master <laughs> of crimes. Sergio <laughs> has a day job. Okay. Yeah. He's he has a day job and he's forgotten about, <laughs> while his brothers constantly save the mushroom kingdom. <laughs> uh, is he maybe like a supplier, like a like a pipe supplier? Maybe. All right. What if he is? This is a already so far. Demo off. man yeah. and like demolishes houses yeah, because yeah, yeah. the plumbing that is so bad. That definitely seems like the opposite. Could you imagine, like your plumbing just being like so wrecked that you're just like, let's just blow that. <laughs> Got to burn up. the house down. <laughs> Start over. Let's just let's take just, it back to dirt. Like yeah. straight, let's just blow and it. This up. is why you don't go to Taco Bell. Um. Well, so just just so we can wrap on me to to yeah, Rudo's yeah. point. Um, just so people know a little bit who I yeah, am. Yeah, welcome, welcome back yeah, to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get prepared to have <laughs> answers to these questions in the future. Um, I didn't come. I didn't come prepared for that one. I had notes, and I, what is the opposite of a plumber? Did not make the list. Um, no. So I, uh, I, I was actually with again. Uh, for those of you that watched the little thing we put out this morning, I was with uh, then BSN Denver. Uh, I met AJ. I think it was either late 2016 or early 2017 um, when I was going to the media school uh, down in Lakewood. And that was actually the studio that we used, mm-hmm. um, at least for the Avalanche beat. Um, I, I, I always have to give the little story. I used to listen to AJ and JJ on the BSN Avalanche podcast <sighs> at my desk at work um, once a week, is. every year or every week when it came out. And I said, I want to do this. I think I can do this. 
Uh, I sit in front of the TV and I say stuff five seconds before Peter McNabb or Mike Roycroft or any of the guys that you listen to. I'm like, I feel like I can do this. And so I went to the media school and I said, I'm going to go find these guys on the day they do their show. And I actually just wandered down to the studio, uh, met, uh, what was his name? The producer at the time. Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan yeah. the Viking. No, 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 no. It was... Uh, uh, oh, you uh, mean Rob? Rob, Rob. Rob the Robert. Rob the Robert, yeah. Uh, and I met him and I was like, hey, do you mind if I just sit in and, and you know, on, on the show while you produce? No, shout out Rob the Robert. Shout Still out Rob listens the Ro- to the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. He, uh, he sent me a LinkedIn message last year. Uh, just like, hey, congrats on your work anniversary. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> thanks. Like, Great to hear from you. Um, and he let me sit in for a couple shows. He sent me a message one week. He's like, hey, I'm not going to be there. Do you think you can run the board for him? Um, and then he graduated just a couple weeks after that. And I just kind of took over in, in as far as like producing goes. And I yeah. ran the show. And then there was a couple weeks where JJ wasn't there. So you and I kind of just started doing the show. Yeah, And then Adrian. And then Adrian jumped on. And it went through a few different iterations. And then suddenly we landed at a point where I was kind of hosting the show yeah. with either AJ or Adrian Dater, mm-hmm. and it kind of became this thing where I was the constant every week, and it literally just turned with me following these guys, like like literally stalking them on Twitter enough to the point where I found out they were going to be at the studio, and uh, it, it all just kind of came together. And then when the 2018 season wrapped, um, you know, we were, the company was going through a lot of changes, a lot of shifts. A lot of changes that um, like, like literally, that was, I think, one of the more significant, maybe you can disagree with this now, that was one of the more significant, like, we are stepping beyond just being like little BSN Denver, you know, um, was, you know doing uh, stuff. That was that was an identity shift for the whole company yeah. that summer, where we said we don't want to do we don't want to do it like this again, and uh, we don't we don't want to mess with this. We're not interested in this, and we did something totally different. And and just with where I was at in in my life and my career with things that were going on, you know, personally, I needed to step away and I needed to go to something that you know, I I oh god something that was familiar and comfortable, knew what I was going to every day. Um, and it, it was really, it was fine. It was great for the last yeah. few years. Like it was great for me. Um, it's with, great for us. Cause right. Rudo. Right. Yeah. I was going to say like, like it opened the door for welcome to being old news, bud. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so ready to be old news. Right? Uh, you know, it did it opened the door for a lot of what are extremely positive changes, changes that led to me being back. Like it's those changes that have led to all of this kind of coming back together full circle. Um, and it's just it, it it all came together so perfectly, man. And and um, you know we kind of gave a rundown in the last few months yeah. um, already. Um, but but really, like it was it was things that I need to do, and like there's there's areas that I've grown and and learned that are going to help me contribute here better and help yeah. our beat be better. And so it really has been like this perfect combination of um, you know stepping away, everyone kind of getting to the point where they need to be. And now we're all able to come back together. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be great because you're going to be able to like our vision for this is that Rudo won't have to host every single pod right. all the time. <laughs> He'll actually get it's a day or two, two off. straight years of hosting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Non-stop, he's going to, he's actually, there will be days where it'll be just Jesse and me. There'll be yeah. days where it'll be these two guys. Yeah. There'll be days where, you know, Evan will be here, obviously, There'll be days where Megan is here and, yeah. you know, it's 
uh, you know, and Blaze will obviously still be here for post game stuff. Like it's, it's just going to be everybody, everybody kind of working together. And we're just going to have a lot of different voices and a lot of different people because we felt like it had gotten to be a little too much of just Ruto and just me. Yeah. Yep. And so we wanted to, we wanted to really open up, you know, open it all up to a little bit more conversation. Well, I would like to say I won that fucking Carter Hutton fight. <laughs> I ended up being <laughs> dead right about that shit. Wait, which one? The one where I had a, where Dater and I got into a huge oh, blowout. Oh, dude, okay. Carter that was Hutton. what I thought you were talking about. How him saying Dater was saying he was like one of the next great number ones in the league. Yeah, as a, yeah. Oh, no. well, he's thirty-two, and you never know. You yeah. never know with the goalie because it happened once with Tim Thomas. I was gonna say who's the? Yeah, it was Tim Thomas. Was who he he would reference in? Th I was right about th that. There, shit. there were some, and hey, you should be happy. I now have no out, no reason, no excuse. To not pay up on our bet. <laughs> yeah. Still waiting on that steak dinner. <laughs> the steak dinner. Still waiting oh, on the steak idea. dinner. We, we should do a show from a restaurant somewhere over this steak dinner. <laughs> and just with every bite, you can tell us how satisfying right, look, it is. Y'all don't even have to go to a restaurant. You can just hit up HassleCattleCompany.com. Get 10% off with code DNVR10. Oh, man right here. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, so it... it uh, it's going to be fun because another thing we've talked about is we have such great people on this beat that are all so good at so many things. And we're going to be able to lean into those strengths and, and bring content that again, we've always talked about, but either haven't had the budget, haven't had the resources, haven't mm -hmm. had the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and now just with the, with the amount of people that we're going to have bringing this level of content, um, there's going to be all kinds of stuff that, that you guys are going to love. Um, that, that we're finally going to be able to do, have the, have the ability to do. Um, and I'm just so excited to be part of it. Um, again, this was, it's, it's the off season. I don't know what we're going to do. You're going to be useless. This yeah, off season. I know. Well, <laughs> you're not going to have anything to do. We're not going to have anything to do. They don't have any draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to win the Stanley cup. We're going to have three weeks of off season and then we're going to just be done for the summer. Yeah. I thought Sergio was crazy. Wait till this off season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no kidding. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, man. This was the shortest offseason in a long time, and we came up with Sergio. <laughs> Next offseason, we're creating the entire Mario family tree. Dude, seriously. <laughs> no, it's going to be a ton of fun, though. This season, um, it's it's going to be great. We were we were hoping to maybe have all this put together uh, by the time the season started, but um, we're not even a full month after the season started, so we're going to get a full year of doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And They're, uh, they're four and four. We're eight games in. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. It's fun. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's my great. goal. My goal was January first. Oh, so. perfect. We're ahead of schedule. Then look Beat at that. that. We're already <laughs> comfortable uh, with that. Yeah, under promise, over deliver. We're already yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, that's me. I'm excited to be back, guys. I, right. I uh, I'm super stoked to be. Like it's just I I keep having to think about this because the last time I did it, I did this and another job. Like I I I did this at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw you checked your phone and I was like, bitch doesn't have anywhere to be anymore. No, yeah. no. I just like <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I, I keep it's gonna be a few days before this like officially sets in of like no, this is just what I do now. Yeah. And I think that's the most exciting part for me is I get to do this like jumping in with both feet. I get to dedicate all of my time and energy to this. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anywhere to be. Uh, I don't even where like, Oh, I gotta get home and get to bed. Cause I gotta, you know, whatever. Like, no, like this is, this is it. Our go home and get Wait. to bed is not a phrase. that's going to be <laughs> right. Now. Right. Right. Now, right. That, hold on. During, in season. That's not a phrase <laughs> that exists for I, you anymore. I do have another weird question for you, Jesse. Okay. 
you were going to name a yacht. <laughs> oh, gosh. A, a DNVR stylized yacht. What would you name it? Uh, well, I was going to say, and like off the top of my head, too, like they're just throwing these at me like, hey, right now off the yeah, top of your you head. Gotta, you got to perform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering what these questions were in the interview. Uh, a DNVR themed yacht? Yep. Cost Kay. roughly $22 million. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, okay, I've heard about this. Can I have a segment to think about this? I'll give yeah, you sure. a segment. Okay, yeah, give I'll me give uh, a I need a segment to, to think about right. what my boat name would well, be. Well, in the meantime, think about sipping a Breckenridge brewery on the DNVR yacht. Do we have any beer up here? We, there's some there's seltzers f- over there. I don't know if there's any beers. We have some seltzers. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely out on that. Can, wow. I, have a, can I have a Broncos? Yeah, I'll beer? take one too. Nice. Anyway, get yourself some breakfast <laughs> either on tap down at the DNVR bar or at your local liquor store. They got you covered all across the lower 48. I think someone found it in Hawaii the other day. Oh, wow. Uh, which is impressive considering it's not in Canada. Yeah, that's but awesome. Yeah, it's it's all over the States, so you can get it here for sure. Be sure to check them out. Uh, obviously, we love them over here as, as Jesse and I are about to drink a couple. Um and then uh, once, you, once you've had a few, once you're feeling loose, feeling the vibe, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Go up, sign with code DNVR, sign up even with code DNVR. You get amazing odds boost every single day. And for your new account, you get bet five bucks on any football team to win their next game. If they do, you get $200 in free bets. So that's just $200 in money to play with. Super awesome. You can have a great time. You can do insane things. Yahir was asking me my strategies for betting on the darts world champion earlier today. So, you know. There is one. Yep. It's not blind. There is a strategy for betting on darts. There is. You just see who's got it. It, it's, it, it really blows my mind how, coming from like hockey too, where every player is a robot at yeah. all times. They never celebrate anything yeah. besides like a little fist pump. And these dudes, they don't hit a triple 20 and they're like, oh, that was awful. And they spend the whole rest of the game just fuming. And it's like, all right, I'm betting against that dude the rest of the night. <laughs> It works. I've made a good amount of money. Wait for bad body language in darts. Yep. (laughs) Make money. (laughs) So, yeah, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Please use the code DNBR when you sign up for a new account to let them know we sent you. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got a couple of super chats here. Since we're asking the weird questions today, AJ, Eddie wants to know about your pumpkin spice latte. Before before you get into it, (laughs) Allie told me that you were stopping for one. And I told Allie, I said, that seems like the type of thing AJ ends up loving. Just like a super like mainstream, very like. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> this feels this pressure's feels, because, on because you don't have a lot of them. But I, I just this told Ali, I said way backhanded. This is right in his <laughs> wheelhouse where he will become a pumpkin. How, spice how basic are you, AJ? Uh, it was good. It was like I was sitting next to Eric when I tried it, and I was like, "This is what people go crazy over every year," because <laughs> it was like, "It's good. I've, it's I've, solid. I've, it's fine. I don't understand uh, the fascination with it. I don't know why it's seasonal." Like it's, 
It doesn't That's seem... That's the fascination. It doesn't seem to be... I mean, it feels it feels like Starbucks' answer to the McRib, where it's just like, it exists, and it's only available at certain times, so people kind of hammer it, but it's it's fine. Like, I, I liked it enough. What? I'm, not a, I'm not a warm beverage guy, so... So that's, that's what I was about to say. Really good. All, all, all the people who I okay. who I at my old job, that was what they all drank. Like they had like IV bags they would just like carry around with it, just going straight in the, Ooh, the cold brew cream one. Okay. Pumpkin spice cold brew. I don't remember who made it, but someone made a pumpkin spice beer that was delicious. Yo, there's a uh there's a brewery in Phoenix. Is that uh, four peaks? Yeah, four peaks. Yeah. The the pumpkin beer that they have is really good. So, all I'm saying, Breck Brew, get yeah. on it. What's up? Where Make that a pumpkin at? spice beer. I guess it's too late this year. We're already yeah. into November. That's true. I bet you they have something like that. Yeah, I was going to say. They'd, I feel like everyone's got a pumpkin. So- I see, I just don't like pumpkin. Well, I see, and, and before I had it this morning, Z asked me, she's like, do you like pumpkin things? And I, I was like, some of them. I don't think find they out. do. <laughs> I don't think they have a pumpkin one because at my local, they already have the Christmas mini kegs available. So yeah, those things are popular. They jumped right into the Christmas stuff. Uh, also, a ten dollars super chat from Sasha with a yacht fund. Thank you very much. Always Sasha. appreciate it. Yeah, we're getting. Ooh, I, I already forgot to be thinking of a yacht name. I was going to be caught <laughs> equally off guard at the end of this segment. Give you a whole segment yeah, yeah, and yeah. nothing. Uh, oh, they I mean, do. We're going to ask you, and you're going to be like, "I need another something. segment." Pumpkin spice yate. Mm-hmm. It's for you. The mo- the world's most basic yacht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a $22 million yacht. That's like the Isn't 700k yacht that gets parked there and left year-round. That gets well, leased. The, well, the super yacht. Uh, yes. Park next well, to it. Well, our $22 million yacht sits in a parking lot in downtown Denver. <laughs> Just so you know, there's a pumpkin yep, spice I see it. I see it. nitro for Breck So there you go. Breck Brew's got everything, man. It's actually crazy how many beers they have. Okay. All right. How was the Christmas one? Oh, the Christmas one's delicious. It depends. There's two. How, There's are the, always, how are the well, Christmas ones? Last year, right? There were two Christmas ones, and one of them was bomb, and the other one was... Not for you. Room for improvement. Okay. I, Isn't that just a Christmas ale? I don't remember. That's the only one that remember. I've had, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm planning on leaning into the holiday season this year, because I've just, like, skipped it. I'm, I'm actually doing something for Christmas this year, yeah. so it's actually, like... It's no, gonna yeah. be great. So I'm gonna be drinking, yeah, Breck Brew Christmas Christmas ales all nice. year, winter season. Delicious. The as long as it keeps you from whining you. about the cold every day, I'm good. <laughs> I, we genuinely hired first, you at the worst time. We needed to hire I you said, in spring. Allie asked me this morning. She goes, "How are you doing?" I said, "I'm cold." Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Such a whiner about the weather. <laughs> These are uh, fleece lined. These are lined joggers, right? Keeping here. them warm. All right. Well, and then he sits down and he goes, "It's hot up here." It is well, so because I mean, I'm wearing a, a vest, a hoodie, and lined joggers, and it's warm up here. It it's is great. I mean, it is warm. <laughs> up I, did, here, I didn't shed a layer. It feels great. Okay, let's let's reel it in, reel yeah. it in a little bit. Get to the actual topic. You can that tell we're it's a Monday and today. not a lot yeah. going on right <laughs> now. There's no abs practice today. There are no injury updates. There are no lineup updates. We've got nothing Avalanche related going on. Well. well I, I, I called AJ last night. I was like, all right, first day tomorrow. So I figured, well, I'll see you at practice. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no practice. I was like, okay. There yeah. are some tangentially related things to the Evs. I Definitely. Think. Great work. Because we've had a lot of conversations in the DNVR lounge and in other avalanche circles about prospect development and what the best, best paths are for young kids getting to the NHL. 
we saw today uh, Cole Caulfield sent down to the AHL by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, after Cole Caulfield, a popular Calder pick this yep. year, by the way. One point in ten games, though. <clears throat> and uh, let me ask you guys. I asked. I asked uh, the the lounge this this morning. Can you name the top three rookie scorers right now? I believe it's Raymond. I think Byram and Sider are three and four. I forget who two is. Moritz Sider is actually two. Okay. And there is a seven-way tie for third. Hell yeah. Oh, Jesus. All of those dudes have five points, including Byram. Byram, yeah. Yeah. Byram and six other guys all have five points. And And it's Raymond and Sider. And Sider is a bunch of secondaries i believe assists no goals to and no yeah. goals and uh, lucas raymond on the other side of that is shooting like 22 percent. has a hat trick already <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it's like it's really it's really interesting to me to see this rookie class which you, you remember at the draft in in 19 it was that american class it was the us ntdp yeah. like the much ballyhooed like 14 guys got drafted yeah. from that program uh, it was going to be like the next great American wave all at once. Yeah. And it's okay. Caulfield sent down. You're kind of still waiting Z for Ross Boldy is, to show up. Yeah. Zeke Ross is one of the guys with five points. Jack Hughes is hurt again. Uh, yeah, Boldy hasn't really shown up yet. Uh, the defenders from that team have not done anything yet. You know, Cam York still figuring it out. Guys like Drew Hellison are all still marinating as prospects. Right. Uh, Cole Caulfield was like the the controversial one because he was five foot seven, but he scored all the goals. And then every other level, he scored all the goals. And then in the postseason last year, he scored goals. And it was like this guy is this guy. This guy's going to be the next great goal scorer. Maybe he still will be, but it's interesting to me that after three weeks, he's back in the AHL. How much of that do you think for him personally is almost like a, like you almost wonder if he didn't come back to camp this year with the right mindset, almost kind of like, oh, well, that was easy last year. Like jumped right in in the postseason, scored some goals, scored some big goals, overtime winners. And this is obviously a big kind of leap on that, but like, you do just kind of wonder for a player like that that was coming with those types of expectations who mm-hmm. had success last year, was there a letdown on his part because like he really does, he looks like a different Whoa. player I versus mean, just a few months Look ago. at Montreal. They look like a different team yeah. this year. They look awful. Imagine that. And not that surprising. One of, one of, one of the worst postseason teams to make the postseason in recent NHL history, despite the comically fluky luck uh, lucky run to the to the cup finals like well and and <laughs> look as fans know as well as any team that especially young kids feed off of that type of energy right Montreal yeah. starts the season two and six and Cole Caulfield's down on himself well and and here's the other thing too <clears throat> that this, this was an issue that that the abs genuinely I feel like it, it plagued them for years when you have a roster like that and you are set on competing, you force guys to play beyond their ability, at least at the time. And and I think you have seen guys, prospects, younger guys, don't necessarily know if it, if it ruins them completely for their career, but when you are being asked to 
play a second line role when you are trying to get your feet wet. Like I know people always, you know, clamor for young guys to get playing time and more playing time and as much minutes as possible. But there's a reason that that has been like a successful formula over the years of guys coming into the league, starting in a more diminished role um, and then earning that ice time going up through. When you look at what Montreal's roster looks like this year relative to last year and the struggles they've had, yeah, they probably are looking at Cole Caulfield to be like, hey, we need you to get going. We need you to be that contributor, and he just may not be there yet. Yeah. And trying to force a guy into that situation well, and, can work kind of against you. So my question, we say he may not be there yet, but I would say, what's he missing? And I would ask, and, and it's not the question, not just for Caulfield, but you look around the league and you look at Alex Newhook. These are guys that were really highly touted prospects coming up through, and they're all kind of running into the same wall at the same time. You know, both guys both guys were contributors on their playoff teams last year. Both guys came into this season with expectations from their NHL clubs of we want you guys, we think you guys are going to make the team, that you guys are going to be impact players for yeah. us. Both have fallen short of that, and both clubs got off to slower starts. I think in part because those young guys – did not meet expectations. Not not to say that the That's abs why. were four and four because Alex <laughs> Newhook, but uh, you know certainly the slower start. You're some of their lineup problems could have been solved by by him taking that step. Him just straight up playing the way that we've expected him to, and I I almost wonder you know that that it's happening around the league. It's not just a Montreal. It's not just a Colorado. You're looking at you're looking at a lot of young guys are struggling in ways that have really surprised a lot of people. You look at the Rangers have back to back for like top two picks in Capo Cacao and Alexi Lafreniere. What's going on? It was easy to blame coaching right. last year. You know, it was easy to be like, well, that guy sucks as a head coach and he's ruining their young talent. But could it just be, and I know Evan has talked about this before, could it just be that the league is getting harder for young players to break into and be impact players? Well, so for me, man, I, I really do think it's the league has gotten so good, and it has gotten so fast. Every team, even even the teams that you consider like the slower, kind of heavy, grinded out teams, like their guys can skate, their guys can move. And I think well, you're I mean, watch an Islanders game and you're like, <laughs> oh, this is boring. But then right. you like you actually like watch them play and you're like they use their speed to make man. it like this would yeah. be a nightmare to play against. And that's honestly what I think it is, man, is I think that just you know, you you don't have those those kind of like freebie lines anymore, right? Like you look at any of the real contenders and they are built in a similar way to the way the abs are built. Where when you are at full health, you are running four lines out there of quality hockey players who can contribute. So, uh, and you brought up Caulfield and, and Newhook, and one of the things that I kind of consider there is look at this being their what would be their first full season in the NHL. One, we already talked about this, it was an incredibly short offseason. Yeah. So it's not the usual ramp up to a season that these guys are likely used to. And well, and because they were each on playoff teams, they it, was it went short deeper, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so they didn't have as much time to work on their game as they well, normally would. And that's the other side of it. These were playoff teams last year. They got to play an entire season 
come in to the NHL at the peak of their game, essentially, yeah. instead of having to start from the bottom and yep. work their way into the year. So there was no they're they're learning that there's no ramp up in yep. the yeah. NHL. Yeah. And, 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 and you have to show up from day one and be able to hang. Correct. And, and, and they were the best players on their college teams. So they got to ramp it up a little bit, you know, and in New Hook's case, he got to go to WJC's. Yep. He got to use WJ, you know, he got to go to pop off there season, and then roll into the, and then roll into college hockey and kind of, you know, just keep the momentum moving forward there. Uh, there was no ramp up in the NHL. The and season starts and like what we've seen with Bo and Byram, you've got to be able to play. And that's where I was kind of going with that was I, I this really does. It, it looks like a lesson league wide in that. A lot of these guys that we're talking about, you know, they come from being dominant players at the level that they played at. Yeah. You know, very high end, top, you know, top of the draft class, literally. Um, and, and it's one of those things where I, I think this is like the new version of like rookie growing pains. You can't, you are not just purely good enough to step into the game. And I, that to me has been the biggest difference. You just mentioned Bowen Byram. That has been the biggest difference in his game to me this year versus last year last year he looked like he was just depending on his ability to take over and i'm just going to be good enough to hang in this league and this year he's got that edge to his game his his feet are moving a little bit more you know his legs are churning faster he looks like he figured it out he got to watch all of that up close last year and was like whoa i i everybody is as good as me i have to be as good as i am and well, work. it's no shifts off, right? Like yep. you cannot take a shift off in the There's NHL. No easy goals, and and that's why everyone has gone. Damn, Bowen Byron has hasn't taken a shift off this yeah. whole season so far. It's eight games, but that's the type of work ethic that I think, especially kids coming from college who play less than thirty games a year, a lot of the time. Yeah, it's an adjustment to gear yourself up for 82 games of full bore hockey. Well, and it's the biggest adjustment when any guys, I mean, even coming from the CHL where you play 50, 60 games, yep. you know, you also know that 20 of those games are against. You've won in this game eight to God, two. Right, yeah. right. We're talking God awful oh, junior yeah. teams where right. you are not, you know, if you're Quentin Byfield, you're not putting in maximum effort. To and you're still scoring. Two, three. Yeah, right. You're just having a five point night because it just turns out that, um, I don't. Children I don't know. just like, bounce off. It just, of it just well, it yeah. just turns out that like Flint is terrible or something, right? Like, <laughs> like Sarnia doesn't have the goods that year, and yeah. you just roll through them. And they've got like kids, like right. literal kids that playing are good against players, this but... like grown man that's just feasting on them. Yeah. It's kind of what we're gonna see with the Lawson this year in the OHL. Yeah. Where, like, yeah, we're already seeing it. Yeah. Big boy with an NHL shot <laughs> blowing pucks by OHL goalies. Where you're yeah. like. Hope the other things yeah. are coming along in his game. There have already been games this year Love where that, that dude that's is happening. a total ghost, and he just steps on the ice for a shift and scores. And yeah. it's like, okay. But it's 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 learning that all-around game and learning the dedication. And I think one of the, one of the changing aspects of the NHL is more credence is being given to the mental side of things, the psychological side of things. Uh, you know, as as the world has a better and more full understanding of things like mental health. I think that it plays into the development of younger guys because there is more respect to, he's got to just get some confidence. He's got to feel good about, I feel good about himself. You got to, 
he's got to he's got to be in a good place mentally because the old school ways of just beating you down and seeing who survives and who comes out of that is a waste of a lot of talent. Well, and, and and that and that extends beyond hockey, right? Like that is just a way of life now. Like you go into any professional setting and that is the conversation of like we need to make sure that people feel good when they come here and that people are are yeah. put in a position to be successful, feel like they can, you know, have an impact and stuff. And and, and there is a part to that where so, so, you know, this all started us talking about Cole Caulfield. I'm not necessarily seeing it. I'm not saying you have to like coddle people and make sure that everyone's, you know, hand is being held and everyone's getting an orange slice. But like, yeah. this is a guy who's struggling with that part of the game. That is a huge part of the game now. How can we help him improve Ooh. that? And, and that's focus that's been given that never was and before. I think part of that is in many respects, I think we are witnessing the death of the one trick pony in the NHL. You can't just be able to snipe. You can't just be able to skate and have no finishing ability. You have to be, especially if you want to be a legitimate offensive contributor, you have to be able to do multiple things. I don't. I don't know about the death of it. I, look, but I would say, I would say, if you are going to be the one trick pony, you need to be you, literally the yeah, best in the world. You have at to that be. Ability, yeah. Like you have to have a shot like Patrick Lining yep. or like Mike Hoffman. You have to be able to consistently do that one thing yep. at a very, very high level. Yeah, like Mike Hoffman's going to get away with it because he's a thirty-goal guy. <laughs> right. If he's a, if he's a seventeen-goal guy, the rest of his game, the rest of his problems, the rest of everything that comes with him it doesn't add being up. in your yeah. locker room isn't worth it. Phil Kessel's gotten away with it for how how long now? Dude's an easy goal guy. Yeah, doesn't it, doesn't do a ton else, but everyone wants him on the team because he can put one in. But when you but it. that's what I'm talking. There are Line A, Kessel, maybe you know not even Ovechkin because Ovechkin actually plays a pretty complete game beyond just his ridiculous. But he shooting. had to develop one early in his career. That was a knock he, against him. He sure, but that. he was doing that while scoring 50 goals a year. Well, I was going to say he's, he's also he's also the greatest goal scorer yeah, in like the right. history yeah. of hockey. But that's so what it's I'm, different. Like, but. Even yes. the greatest goal scorer in the history of hockey, Rudo, to your point, had to develop other parts of his well, game because like, that he, wasn't He always had a power element, though. Like There was always yeah. a physicality. He just had to learn to harness it properly because <laughs> he did a lot of dumb shit early my, in his career. But Things that would not fly today. No, but my point is, if you are not one of the five best shooters in the world, you need something else to go yeah, with your you've game. You've got to figure out some you other know? parts of your game there. It's And it's, it's funny because... You say that, but it's also like it's harder than ever for guys <laughs> to make the league who are good at everything but great at nothing. Yeah. True, because you look at you look at a guy like uh, a Jonas Donskoy, right? Like a really, really, really good all around player that does a lot of different things well, but he's great at nothing. And it's why you'll see there will be twenty to thirty games a year in a full where eighty-two a game season yeah. where he doesn't do anything, yeah. and like. You live for the other fifty, right? Like of that's course. that's your like that's what you pay him for. That's how that's where he earns his money. But you're talking about like a fourth of the season. The yeah. guy just does nothing for you, yeah. and you just sort of tacitly accept that going in, where you're just like, okay, let's just hope that we do all with that that our top line or that somebody <laughs> else. Like, let's just we have to find answers on those yeah. nights where the those guys aren't going, and, and those are like veterans like this is a guy that's been in the league yeah. for six years how is it how do you look at a guy like alex newhook 
maybe maybe not even a new look. How do you look at a guy like Sampo Ranto and say, okay, which aspects of the game do we need to develop in order to get a legit every night player out of this guy? Because what we saw his entire career has not worked at all in the NHL. It hasn't translated yeah. at all. The the skating and the size have been great. Yep. You're talking about Ranta? Yeah. And yeah. and like that the size portion is not a skill. That is not a thing that he had to develop. He had that. Not to say that working on your body isn't like a part of development, right. but it's not something that he the actively frame. had to be. You can't right. go from yeah, like, one sixty to two thirty. <laughs> right. Like it, it, that's just that's that that's just a god given thing for him. Uh but with Ranta, it's Ranta is especially an interesting case because when you watch Newhook play, you see he's got a really good shot. He's a really good playmaker. Yep. He's got really good vision. He's got really good instincts. You know the talent he's a really good skater. Yeah. He's got a really complete offensive profile that you're like, we don't know how long this is going to take, but we are, we're very confident that yeah. this is going to translate into a pretty good all-around offensive player. What level has always been a question because his college career was so good. We were just like, is it 70 points or is it more like 50 points? Because if it's less than 50, you're a little disappointed. Yep. But if it's right about 40 to 50, you're okay with it. You're yeah. pretty happy there. Yeah. But if, with a guy like Ranta, what do you do? And that was when I saw the thing with Caulfield today. I thought it was so interesting because with Caulfield, a, he's an extreme example of he's got a truly elite skill. Yep. And he's got other really good complementary skills. He's a good playmaker. He's a really shifty skater. He's very elusive. He's really good on his skates. He's got great balance. Obviously, the low center of gravity makes him a little tougher to take off the puck than you would expect. Yep. But he doesn't always play into that. Sometimes he he does. He feels a little sorry for himself and he gets a little soft. But I'm done. Yeah, yeah, he gets he gets a little easy to play against at times. And especially in Montreal, that's not going to fly. And he hasn't been scoring goals. Look, if he had four goals right now, he wouldn't be in the HL. True. You know, but he he's also, I think he's second on the Canadiens and shots on goal. So, like, the generation is there. It's just that, hey, when you're, when this is the other hard part of it, when you're a goal right. scorer and the goals aren't dropping, your value is really, really hard to discern. Well, so, Sampo Ranta, I actually think is a really interesting name to bring up because he was someone I was going to mention as, when you look when you look at him, even though what he has been known for throughout his career, what has been really good, what has gotten him to this point isn't really coming through right now. He is someone to me that is finding other ways to at least be impactful to some extent. Now, obviously everyone can have their opinion on how Sampo Ranta has looked this year, but like to me I don't think it's is there anybody out there who's happy with it? I mean, what what I was gonna say was I am completely okay with what Sampo Ranta has done because I haven't noticed him in a negative way, and he's at least finding ways to be uh, so functional out there. I, and, and Functional, I think, is a good word for it because when you look at Sampo Ranta compared to a Colt Caulfield, Sampo Ranta can get away with playing a game where he turns his brain off and just skates into stuff. He just runs into people. He runs right. into pucks. He just it, it will be a thing that he can get away with. Because he can go an entire game where he skates in straight lines. Yep. Well, and and and, be, and it, for me, it's one of those things where I love seeing that he. I mean, he gets PK time. Like, like he that, has been a responsible. I'm going to touch on that player. here in a second. But, but, but like, he's been a responsible enough player that you can live with the fact that he's not contributing in the way that he normally does. Because 
it, you have the faith that, okay, he's working through these kind of bumps and bruises, finding another role, knowing that he's got that ability. Like, that was a great tip the other night. Like, that was a great tip for on a goal, on a goal that was called yeah. back. Because like, he didn't dump it in. Right, yeah. Because yeah. He, didn't have, he didn't recognize that Byram is two steps in front of him. So I saw that play go in, and, and when they didn't blow it dead, I was like, huh, my angle must no, have it, been off me, from that. Me, Rudo, and Blaze were all sitting up here, and we all went, that's offside. Well, because <laughs> it, was, it looked so offside that I was like, there must have been something from the angle I was watching that at that I missed, because that looked offside enough that I would have blown that play dead from here. But... But, you know, like, he, he still has that offensive ability. You see, you saw it in training camp. You saw it in the rookie tournament a couple times. He's got that finishing ability. So I actually think Rant is a great example of finding other ways to be impactful I, while he's not scoring goals. But he goals. hasn't is I, the problem. Well, he's, he's pretty much bottom of but, the barrel but is there any, Colorado's is there anything that he's done every shot metric. Right, but is there, he's anything that he's, is there anything that he's doing, though, that is standing out to you every game where you're like, wow. Sam Paranta looked bad there. He's that getting was on crushed. Sam. That's not what I asked you. Is is there is 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 he is that not standing out in a negative way though? But, but I mean, when no, you, I'm saying to you, you watching the game when you stand on the ice and you cannot get pucks out, you spend your whole shift defending. But that, is that is that because of him? It's. It, is it a coincidence that it happens to him yeah. over and over and over and over, and that every line that he gets on, it continues to happen to? That when he switches lines with a different one, then now that's the line that's getting crushed? Is it all Sample's fault? Of course not. There are four other guys on the right. ice. But the, prob- the, the the question that I'm having with Sample is, and it, like, I don't have a problem with them keeping him. I yeah. would prefer for teams to give younger players longer leashes. Mm-hmm. But this is also a really good example of when every fan ever says, why don't you just throw X young player right, in the right, NHL, right, 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 right. what can it hurt? Right. Well, it can hurt your team because right. he yeah, can go out 100%. there and get crushed every night. See, but like, so so he's getting crushed in shot metrics, but again, I don't like, I don't see him throwing pucks up the middle of the ice. I don't see him yeah, losing his coverage. Not, I don't see him. He's know. not touching pucks. He's not doing anything except watching he, the other I, team take shots, retrieve the puck, and take more shots. Well, and I, I just, it's it's a weird coverage thing, right? Because Ranta is absolutely an F one. Anytime the Abs can allow him to not have responsibility yeah. at five <laughs> on five, they're gonna do that. So he should be high guy always, fly the zone and stress other defenses. Yeah. And he doesn't do the, any of that right now. He's trying to figure it out. And when the coaching staff puts him on the PK. I don't think it's a testament to Ranta. I think it's the coaching staff searching for a way to make him useful. Because if he goes out there and he skates in a straight line right at a defenseman who throws a puck right into his shin pad, he's got the speed and the size to fight off a dude for a sexy breakaway goal the other way. I was saying the finishing ability. This is that is that is where I think the coaching staff is using him on a on a depth PK unit where they are they're like Go run into a puck. Right. Hope that something good happens. Because I don't think that it's it's out of the realm of realistic ask to just be like, hey, go block a shot or two. Yeah. And then maybe you get lucky and you can spring one down because he can and he does have an aggressive I, mindset. I don't know. It's I like know. the thing that Bob Motzko accomplished with him at Minnesota. <laughs> they successfully taught him you're big. Well, <laughs> and you can you can be big 
every single time on the ice because you're big. Yeah. No, see, I think you might have to be a little bit high to play Sampo Ranta on the PK. So maybe the Evs coaching staff hit up Solace Meds where you can go get all of your cannabis needs. This you, is forcing it. That's okay. I'm good with that. I'm just saying. You got to do what you got to do sometimes, you know. You, you can't have an amazing manscaped read every single show. I'm just saying. Uh, use code DNVR20 online at solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E-Meds.com to get 20% off your order for pickup. They have four different locations here in Colorado, and you can get a bunch of great deals in store as well. So check out Solace Meds today and get whatever you what? need. You get a free king cone if you buy anything at the Wheat Ridge location. So get on that. Hit up StravaCraft Coffee as well, the CBD-infused coffee that helps with migraines, aches and pains like joint pain, IBS, all sorts of stuff. Super easy to start your day with your coffee, and I call it your coffee and your Advil together because it takes care of your pains and it wakes you up. It's a win-win all the way around with StravaCraft. You can get StravaCraft Coffee for 25% off your first order when you use code at DNVR25. And with all this money you're saving, look, we just added Jesse, we just added Megan, there's never been a better time to become a member of DNVR. Get the annual membership. Sign up for that. You get a free shirt of your choice from our selection. You also get access to the Working DNVR on new lounge. ones, by the way. We've yep, got a couple of new There's some in the pipeline. In, I mean, I feel like I can I... I feel like it's not Why not? A huge yeah, surprise everybody that, knows it's coming. That, that a Rambo Santa shirt <laughs> is being made. is in development. <laughs> It's gonna be. It's gonna be. See, fun. we just need him to score. He's well, gonna. He's, like, he's gonna put one in. Yeah. Like Wednesday. with likes like Sampo himself, the shirt is developing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, do you have more? No, no, no. Go. Oh, for okay. It. No, I was just gonna say, to to kind of finish up on the Ranta stuff. I think it's coming for him. Yeah, and like I'm encouraged. Like I think he had a. I think he uh, has had a solid couple games in a row. I liked him in St. Louis, and I liked him uh, against Minnesota on Saturday. Like I. There, there were signs there. The same way that I feel like there have been signs with Martin Kaut, where you're like, look, he's physically engaging in a way that he hasn't previously, which is the thing that I think is keeping Ranta in the lineup, yep. is that he's playing without any fear of either getting run into 100%. or running into people. And I think that that physicality is something that Bednar has just said, I'm prioritizing. 100%. I'm not worrying about anything else. We were too soft in the playoffs. We had players that didn't like getting hit. We had problems with it. So I want guys that don't give a shit if they get run into. Yeah. I want guys that are that 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 aren't looking to a slip contact. You know, because you did have guys last year like a Donskoy, where look, Donnie's great. He didn't like getting hit. Yeah. And it seemed like a lot of times when he did. There were effects there. He didn't just get up, take him out of the game. And it's it's kind of the same thing that that has happened with Gerard a little bit this year. Yeah, is that you've seen him look to slip contact a little more than he normally would. Where he's been fine taking hits to make plays in the past, and this year I think he's trying to slip it a little bit more. And you're asking the question: Is he just avoiding contact because it's a smart play when you're five foot nine? Or is he afraid of the contact? Right, right. Now, because those so are the two, difference. Yep. there's a really big difference in yep. how you perceive the player, depending on what that mindset is. And so what I think is, is that you're seeing Ranta and you're seeing <laughs> Kout. They're physically engaging. One thing that I think is keeping Jason Magna around. It they helps. Big hit the other night. It yeah. helps that they're pretending he's an effective center. I don't. <laughs> so, I, so Jason Magna. Whatever. Has- but. He's a guy that understands I'm going to go out and I'm going to go full bore every yep. single shift. I'll hit somebody if I have to. And I will I will not 
make brutally bad mistakes with the puck. Bad things won't happen to me, and I will get to stay in the lineup. And again, that was a dude who got crushed so Jason, against Minnesota. Jason Magna has been my like measuring stick for the last these first eight games, like the back part of last season, when you're talking about players being called up, coming into the lineup, and that has kind of been my 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 like litmus test. Like I'm sitting there saying, what did they do tonight that Jason Magna can't? Because that's honestly like where I think this coaching staff is at with these young kids is are they a lot of the stuff you just talked about? Are they willing to go out and do that? Wear the contact, make the tough plays, knowing that we'll find their role. Like Alex Newhook will find his way to the second line, you hope, right? Sampo Ranta will find his way into a scoring role. You hope Martin Kaut makes a jump. But are they doing something? Are they coming into the lineup every night and doing something that I can't get out of Jason Magna, who I know what I'm going to get every Here, single night? Uh, my problem with that and the part of that I struggle with is, yes, the players do need to find their role for a certain extent. But also, you look at someone like Alex Newhook, are they going to play him at wing? Are they going to play him at center? Right. They yeah. seem like they can't make up their mind so the what they want to do the with The thing guy. with Newhook specifically, have a plan. Yeah. Um, because I think Sampo and Kout, those types of guys, make it really easy. to. Mm-hmm. They are drag-and-drop players. Yep. yep. And with Newhook, especially when you're worrying about long-term development, you're saying, okay, every shift that he plays at wing is a shift he wasn't playing at center. Yeah. Every development opportunity that you give him in one position takes away from the other. So you need to understand, you need to be comfortable with the opportunity cost of, is he going to play center? Because if he's playing center, he's more valuable. If you're going to develop him at center, he's more valuable. I saw, I think it was Brad earlier in the in the conversation that had a, uh, the, that, that, that mentioned, uh, William Carlson. If you're going to try and get a William Carlson out of him, great. But if he ends up on the wing and you get more of a Jonathan Marcheseau out of him, he's less valuable. He's still good. He's still good. He's still worth having around. He's still paid. Different value there. Yeah. I don't think anybody, if you could just pick between the two of them, I don't think anybody would take Marcheseau over Carlson. And right. if they did, they were wrong. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's in, when it comes to new look specifically, they've got, they've got to have more yep. of a defined plan yep. instead of Napoleon's plan. Of show up and see what happens. Yeah. With with Sampo, it's fine. Right. You know what? Because they don't have to worry about him going to St. Petersburg in the winter, okay? It's fine. <laughs> it's not going to happen. They don't... There. I don't think that there is... It, if they don't get an NHL player out of Sampo, it's fine. I don't think it's a huge problem. I'm also not that worried about it. I yeah. think he he has too many intriguing tools... I agree. For him, for him not to eventually just stick... On some level, yeah. Now, is it is it a fourth line, you know, Lawson Kraus type of thing? Maybe where he becomes like the offensive version of a Lawson Kraus, where he's a you put him out there because he's big and he skates well and he does this and he's the, that, and, but and but he scores twenty points maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he he scores points, and and Kraus is more of like the defensive type of guy that you live with on a fourth line. You know, where where does he end up? But the. The, the, the what each guy does well and what each guy needs to work on is different. Yeah. Uh, like right now, the the one thing out of Martin Kaut that I've really consistently liked in all of his games, he's retrieving pucks really well. Yep. When pucks are when pucks are bouncing around the zone, he's going and getting them. He's keeping plays alive, whether that's for uh, well, a shift change not, or an offensive possession or whatever. It's not just the retrieval; it's the 
next step too. He's he's continuing the possession by getting the puck and doing something effective. Yeah, he has. It's been it's been an, an, and part of that is the increased physical engagement. Look, he's he's a he's not a small guy. He's not hulking, right? But he's a, he's a decently sized individual that can throw the body around. He can be effective when he uses that size. He has been effective using that size. His puck retrieval has been a thing that I've liked about his game. It's a thing that I think can continue to get better because there are still some moments where he seems to give up on a play before he gets to it, where he doesn't think he's going to get it. And so he goes in with a little more of a soft mentality where he just reaches instead of moves his feet. But that's a consistency thing. That's a shift by shift thing. That's a once it really clicks with him, I think it's going to be a big thing with Sampo. He's not retrieving any pucks at all, and he's losing a lot of them. And when he has them in the offensive zone, when he's when he's he's not making effective plays with right. the puck. Yep. And I think that that's where you know when we talked about Olausen not using teammates and that, I think he's way ahead of where Oscar is. I mean, Oscar's at square one in that right. category, and that's that's so. it, I'm I'm only I'm, I'm not saying that to dunk on Oscar. I'm saying it to say Sampo has developed a lot. From his draft days, from when he was a teenager, that part of his game has come a long way. It just has to continue. And right now, we're not seeing a lot of progress in that specific area. And I think that that's where one of, I, I think that's where that's where one of the areas of of his game that has to come around, because when it does, you're gonna it's 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 all gonna make sense when it like oh hey this guy who's had puck skill and goal scoring acumen. Everywhere he's ever been his whole <laughs> life is suddenly going to to figure out how to how to utilize his skills in the NHL to co- accomplish those same goals. He's never going to be a big assist guy. He's never going to be a big playmaker, but he has to figure it out enough yep. so that teams respect the fact that he has teammates on the ice. He's got that ability. And that they don't just need to worry about just him with the puck right now. So taking this back to what this whole conversation was originally around of, you know, prospect development how do you handle them is it you know sending them down keeping you know whatever it is and i think that is what you are that's kind of what all of this boils down to is there is no more cookie cutter this is how you develop prospects they sit in the ahl for this long then you bring them in you put them in this lineup and that's it there are different players who need wildly different things wildly different things yeah and and i think that you know going back to what well, the I think original that's, reason that's why, why you're seeing cout is on the power play right. and sampo is on the pk <laughs> right they're trying to find they're, something that works and with they're each trying guy. to develop different parts of each guy's game and they're saying okay we're seeing enough out of this that we can put him in there and you know see that come along further and then you've got guys like new hook and, and caulfield who are sitting in the ahl because what they need right now is to get back to scoring those goals and and feeling you know getting that juice going and remembering what it is they do so well that has made them effective at the nhl level that when you go through a rough patch like that you can get away from you start squeezing that stick a little bit and you start trying to do things that you wouldn't normally try to do we've seen that with the abs as a whole in the playoffs last couple years they get into these second rounds they get against you know something a little bit different of a look and they start squeezing the stick, and they start forcing uh, passes, they start forcing plays. I'm going to avoid the correlation well, there well, because well, but, each of their second-round losses has been very, very different. Well, see, but I, but, but I see it in the same way of, like, you have guys that get away from what has made them successful. And just drawing that parallel to Newhook, Caulfield, what are they doing this year that they 
is different from what they did in each of those two guys' respective playoff runs that hasn't carried forward. You know what I mean? That hasn't been replicated to start this season. What are they missing? What are they needing to get back to? And that's why I think it's good for players like that. Get some AHL time. People forget the AHL is still an unbelievably good league. Like that is a it's, very good league. There's very the, good hockey players. The AHL players. is better than ever. And we say this every right. year because yep. it keeps getting better. Right. Like because they keep allowing teams have dedicated real prospects to developing yeah. there. And so when that that raises the level there and it's no longer the filled with these guys that should really be in the ECHL who are 24 or 25 years old. It's a lot more. You find a little bit at the bottom. But but there's a lot more real players there. A lot more actual prospects. A lot more, you know, there's there's a lot more raw talent in the AHL than we've ever really seen before. And it's not like a bad thing to be playing. No, but the the big thing here, and this was something that I noted earlier today when I was chatting with people about Caulfield, you can't hem and haw. You've got to make a decision with these guys because the worst thing that you can do is, well, we kept him for eight games in the NHL and it didn't work very well. So now he's going to the AHL and now he's in the AHL for six games. Well, now when he's back, right. and now we're expecting the world of him again because he scored three goals while he was in the AHL. So clearly he's fixed, and now he's back. And, oh, he doesn't score a goal for the first five games that he's back. Oh, well, he's broken again. We need to send him back. Yep. And it turns, or he gets healthy scratched for a week, and then he plays one game. He plays 11 minutes. He goes back down to the AHL. You can't no, do yeah, I fully agree. that. And that's where teams get lost uh that they they become hostages of the moment where they're like we can't we're not patient enough to just leave him in the ahl to where we're like he's good he's done well see and that's and, and and you i i wonder how much a product of that is like of the the newer way that fans interact and engage with teams and stuff like that because there is pressure on teams to bring these guys into the lineup and have them there. They cannot, teams cannot make decisions based on YouTube comments. I I don't disagree with you, but I I don't disagree. And I, I, but I feel like there are some that do. Well, I don't think it's even necessarily based on the YouTube comments. I don't think there's anything wrong with aggressive promotion. If you are a team that is in a situation that can afford to bring in young players and give them 20 games to be maybe not that great, but figure well, it out at the NHL level. Look how look how Anaheim handled Trevor Zegras last year. Yeah. Really weird. Very, handling. very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Really weird, especially with like the press releases, which is yeah. probably yeah. like doesn't affect him or his development, but was more of a weird thing from our side of things where we're like, why are you saying yes? This? <laughs> like, okay, so you guys demoted him so he would go play center, and then he scored two points per game, and you called him back up. Yeah, and then didn't <laughs> want to play him. Yeah, and and see, that's where I fully agree with you. Like, I am one of those people, and and you and I actually have gotten into arguments about this stuff before on old shows. Where like I really am like, if you aren't going to commit legitimate time to a prospect in the NHL, if you are gonna toy around with healthy scratch four or five, six minutes a night in a role that they're not really like, that's not their role. Leave them in the AHL. Well, and this is where the sample conversation comes back because you can ask right now, is Ranta's development better served doing what he's doing in the NHL every night? Or is it better served with him playing 
I'm not going to say 20 Everybody always says 20 yeah, minutes. Right, it right, never right. fucking happens with the Eagles. <laughs> They're on the but third like, line or whatever. Like, but, like yeah. is he better served playing 15 or 16 minutes in a in a normal top six role right. for him? PP1 Where he's shit, doing, yeah. you know, he's part of, he's getting puck touches all the time. And he's adjusting to the speed and he's getting, he's getting used to that. Because you remember, this wasn't a guy that has a year of the AHL well, under his belt. Right. He, had, he played like six games yeah, with the Eagles yeah. and they were like, YOLO, put him in the first one. Let him play playoff games. It's all good. None of this matters. Fuck it. Sampo's got this. And like he, like Evan mentioned in the chat, like he seems to have like his own like sample rules here. Yep. Well, and, and that that is one of those things when you see stuff like that going on, that is where I really try to step back and say, okay, what is, what are we or what are we not seeing that coaching and scouting is seeing different because there was something to what Sampo did last year. He came in, he had a very good short stint with the Eagles. He performed well, put yeah. up points. Well, it so great. did Newhook. Newhook, right. was, Newhook was even better. Yeah. And and they bring him in right before playoffs. And They're Newhook was even better again. Practicing with the team, and they both end up in the lineup. So it's what is it that they are seeing that they are liking so much out of Sampo Ranta? Is there something at practice? Is he... I, you know, uh, you know and, and I don't have the answer to that, but I'm just saying in general. What, what, my, what my guess here, my theory, I guess, uh, is that it's, it's that Sampo is a pure north-south guy. That it's a very simple process for him. And they're just waiting for the game to slow down. Yeah. In the NHL. Because when it does, like what he does, like look, look, look at how Logan O'Connor plays. Look how Logan O'Connor gets it. Yep. Yeah. Where you look at Logan O'Connor's raw skills, his talent, and what stands out about it? His speed? That's it. I mean, effort level, yeah. In terms yeah. of, in, but in terms of talent, sure. in terms of sure, his sure. actual hockey skill, his skating is really the only thing that's like, that really stands out as like a true like pro. Yep. Everything else is hard work, determination, understanding who he is in his own skin, understanding his role, and knowing how to play that role every single shift, every single night. And it's made a world of difference. I can't imagine that there's anybody in the world that has a problem with Logan O'Connor this yeah, season. He's great. He's been awesome. He's great. The light bulb went on last year. We saw it go on and we were like, okay, even with the limitations, you love a guy like this. You love a guy like this. Started in the bubble for him. And I think that, yeah, those two games that <sighs> when he came into the Dallas series Dude. and he just ran into stuff yeah. and it was like, Wow, what a revelation. <laughs> you know, because... He like, was like old N like EA Sports <laughs> NHL games, so he'd run into stuff and the puck would just go right to a teammate. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> like, he was so good in the bubble. Well, and this is where this is where I think that, that they're waiting on Ranta because he plays a simple north-south game, but he has puck skills. He's got goal-scoring ability. He's got good finish. He's got a really good shot. Like... And and we've seen it with great skating. I think that they're looking at him and they're like, look, this is just a better LOC. Yeah. So all we're going to do is we're just going to give him 20 games and we're just going to hope that the light bulb comes on because when it does, it's going to kick ass. And he's going to be a good and effective player. And right now he's not any of that. And it's interesting to me that he's getting a leash that we haven't seen previously. Well, Injuries are certainly playing somewhat of a right. role here. Yeah. But even when they were even even when they were getting they inched up close to being healthy, Ranta he was, was still, still the guy. Kind of 12, like, he yeah. was still the guy. He well, was still in there. I think especially 
for an organization like the Avs right now that have the expectations that they do, let's be honest, the development slot, whatever yeah. you want to call it in the NHL, Secondary. there's pretty much one of those for the entire forward core. Yep. So they've made a decision to commit Taranta in that spot, at least in the immediate. I, I think that much is pretty clear. Their reasons may be something they see, they like Ranta, whatever. Yeah, don't have to get into specifics there. But I mean, you'd love to know what it is, but your comment of them waiting for the game to slow down for me, it could be that they are just looking at this guy and, and maybe it's in practices, it's in camps and meetings and, and, you know, film or whatever. And they are saying when this, because that is one thing that, that is law, the, the appreciation for, I think does get lost a lot is just how quickly that game moves at the NHL level. Oh, it's lightning. Like it's it's, so it's unbelievable how fast that game moves, how quick guys are on you. Yep. And it's everybody on the ice now. It's everybody on the ice now. Yep. Um and, and maybe that is something they're seeing that once this guy starts understanding that pace difference and can give himself that extra half seconds, second he's going to be Great, you know, maybe that's the internal conversation they're having, so they're just trying to work through this until it slows down with that individual player. But I do think that's one thing that is that is big that does get lost a lot is players adjusting to this speed and pace. It is a well, and, massive step up. And let's be honest, outside of the four penalty game to end the preseason, yeah. Ranta's Ranta's preseason was significantly better than Newhook's on the whole. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, but he had, like, the four-pound the game existed. He did, but Newhook didn't provide any of the things. I don't, that I don't have any issue with how they've handled Newhook because he just, didn't, he just didn't have a great run-up to any of it. He but, didn't look like himself. He didn't look – he wasn't nearly as dynamic or as threatening as we've seen. I, I mean, how many games have we watched of this guy over since he was drafted? Yeah. Tons of them. And he just didn't look comfortable in his own skin – and it was like, okay, like you need to go and figure but this I'm, out. I'm, like, I'm saying, and I know it's not a one-to-one correlation of like, oh, they can only develop Ranta or Newhook. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even play the same position. Yeah. But we know every head coach in the league is going to have an aneurysm if they try to put out too many prospects at the same time. So Unless you're Arizona. Well, it's a well, different... See, the thing with Arizona is they're not playing their young right. guys in the NHL this year. Because they don't want them to get infected with the losing Toxic culture. Toxic culture, yeah. So they're yeah. they're purposely holding some of their prospects and saying, "We're going to give you an extra you, well, year." Well, you saw Detroit did it last We're year. We're not too. messing with this. Yeah, look, I mean, look at Moritz Sider. They gave him an extra year in the AHL because they were like, you know what? We don't want you up there getting getting comfortable Crap, losing fifty yeah. games a year. Yeah. It's one of the things that about New Jersey that I'm a little iffy on. That they, they just went threw, in, yeah. They threw all of their young guys at it and just said, "Figure it out." Yeah. And you see, some of like Jesper Brat has been a revelation. Pavel Zaka has been a slow burn, but has has like worked his way up there. Is that you know what? It takes time. But it's also a great way to burn out I'd, some of your young guys and never really give them a proper chance. I I would love to get more into this conversation, but we're 80 minutes into the show and have a lot more shows to do. Oh, this I didn't season. know that we'd gone so, that long. Yeah, that's my bad. Uh, so, final thoughts on the development process: young kids trying to crack the league these days. I, I one of the things that we didn't really mention was that it could just be that all these young guys just aren't as good as we thought. This whole like mini generation of this like two-year group just may not be very good i i think it's 
it's really interesting because I feel like we went so many years where you had really high-end talent at the top of the draft that was able to make the jump. And to AJ's point, this may just be one of those things where, yeah, you're going to end up with a lot of really good players, but they just aren't on that same like yeah, dynamic how many elite level come where you out can this, jump right you know? in. Where you get a bunch of second-line players or second-pairing. How many all-stars are coming out of this group? Right. And, and, and real all-stars, and, not you need to be your team's one guy, Trevor Zegras. Right, right, right. But, but I also do think that there's another possibility to this, that you are also seeing a shift in the way that coaches, general managers, organizations as a whole are starting to look at people. There is a lot of the conversation around, well, how do you communicate with Gen Z? How do you communicate with millennials? This may just be one of those things where people are starting to figure out we have to focus on mental side of it, making sure that they feel comfortable, make sure that they understand what their expectations are, make sure that they understand this, that, and the other. And maybe teams are just realizing this development track isn't as fast paced as we had it even just a few years ago. We have to slow down. We have to make sure that guys are, are getting what they need. The really quick counterpoint is though, of the, of these young guys that are succeeding, it's all defensemen. Yeah, Byram and Cider. Jamie Drysdale's had a really s- strong start to the year. After, so are we seeing after, a shift from it being defensemen that are the longer, the slower burn to well, forwards? Well, and that's my question because it's never that's never been the case. Yeah, in the NHL, it's never been the case. But all of a sudden, this generation, what we're seeing out of guys at a younger age is defensemen. Coming in and, and succeeding at a higher at, at a more rapid rate than forward counterparts, which is weird. Just because I, it's I mean, I works. wonder how much of that is a push that recognition of young, intelligent players get pushed towards the defensive side of the game because they position better, because they they understand yeah. the ice Reading better, the things like that. But yeah, maybe a conversation for another day. As as we do, got to end this show. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the pod. Hope y'all ha- enjoy Jesse because he's going to be on the show all the time now. So, If you don't, sorry. Well, they can live with that. <laughs> That's their problem. Uh, I sh- Thanks, if Rudolph. You, if you don't, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what else do you yeah. say? Yeah. Truly? Like, all right, well, go enjoy Dater's pod. Oh. Mm, well, anyway, we love you all. We will be back tomorrow, uh, same time. Probably from home. I'm I'm a black screen now. Either way, we love you. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.